welcome to another Evolving Smart Storytelling episode. Today, we have Keith Lippert, who has been in the protocol gift-giving business for over 30 years. Keith, who is originally from London, started his company in New York City, then moved to Washington, D.C. Keith has provided protocol gifts to political, diplomatic, military, and business leaders across the globe. His gifts have been selected by the past four presidents of the United States. Through his decades of experience, Keith brings a thoughtful, sophisticated approach to the field of protocol gift giving. Hello, this is Kelly Gehring, founder of Evolving Smart. And today we have Keith Lippert, who tells us about gift giving, how that is not just going to the store, picking a gift and, and wrapping it for someone. The actual behavioral science that goes behind gift giving, what story you're trying to tell and what message you are willing to convey. And good morning, Keith. Good morning, Kelly. And uh, thank you for that lovely introduction. And also thank you to your guests uh, for tuning in today. So there's something truly joyful about getting a gift right. If the giver feels great, the recipient loves the appreciation and thoughtfulness. And so I wanted to just talk to your listeners today about, well, how do you get to that place? And I believe that getting to it is really about thought and research. And I think it's about figuring out the right processes to get you there. So let's just think about that a little, and then we'll develop as we go from there. So for us, it really starts with the who, the what, the why, the where, the when, and the budget. And uh, I have found over the years that nothing focuses the mind like the budget. So, <laughs> Correct. I think you have a story about some, some budgetary numbers as well. <laughs> well, very early on, <laughs> quite early on, I should say. Um, I was approached by a very uh, large oil company in the Middle East that wanted to give a gift to their uh, monarch. And uh, it was the 60th anniversary of this company. They came to see me. We sat around the table. They talked to me about the importance of the project. It was a single gift that was needed. And uh, I went through my party piece telling them, as I will tell you about the processes. But I said to them, you know, we're very good on budget. You know, we, we, we really believe that we need to de always deliver the right gift at the right price. Ah, Mr. Lippert, they said, but sometimes there is no budget. So I thought about this, they went away and came up with this idea. And we, what we came up with this quite exciting, actually there were two different projects, two different ideas we had. One was inspired by a painting called The Fighting Timorain by Turner, which in the original picture has a tug bringing in a warship into harbor, which was an allegory about the changing era. Uh, our idea was to have an oil tanker being brought into harbor by a Tao, just symbolizing how tradition had brought prosperity to the country. Uh, we were gonna do this in sterling silver with all the right engravings on the ships for the royal family, for the company, the sixth year, all this stuff. And the other concept was we were going to um, create a, this large rock crystal globe that would be etched with the countries of the world, but also the trading routes around the world of this country, supported by two palm trees, which would be symbolizing uh, prosperity. 
and then on a green malachite base, which was uh, basically Islam. And wow, they said, Mr. Lippert, never have we been given such an interesting uh, presentation. And uh, this is fantastic. And, and they said to me, how much will this cost? And uh, both of them had come out to roughly the same price, which was you know, a fairly substantial amount. It was about $90,000, but it was no more than an expensive watch at the time. They turned to me and they said, Mr. Lippert, we could never afford that much. <laughs> so what I learned from this yes. is beware the no budget. There's always oh. a budget. Always, budget always a really budget. Yes. Then you can be as smart as you think you are, but if it's not in a budget, it's not going to work. So uh, that was an early lesson. But we also like to think about, you know, who is the giver? You know, whether is that an individual, an institution? We like to think about the recipients, you know, you know who, who's getting the gift, you know, what's appropriate for them. You know, what is the occasion is very important when mm -hmm. you, you're dieting down. Where it takes place is important because it brings into play cultural considerations, you know, the do's and don'ts, you know, there are, that, 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 you know, as we, we learn, you, know, you can't give a, clock to someone from China or Asia really because you know the Chinese pronunciation of clock is basically the word death so it's not you know, can't give knives in certain parts of the world because that's cutting relationships right but there are a few of these um, to take into consideration and Keith over your over your 30 years of experience um, you know, from the cultural standpoint, Evolving Smart talks about protocol and cultural impacts. And actually, that's how we met was a global summit on protocol and, and culture. Um, you know, so, so some of the things that we, we look at as I started our conversation, you can't just go to the store, pick up an item and wrap it. Because as you're mentioning, it's really truly about you, the, the giver, as you stated, and the recipient. So from um, cultural and protocol, I know you have some other processes that you go through to really identify those. Wanna, why don't you talk to us about that? So, I mean, once you've figured out the, the who, what, why, when, and where, and mm -hmm. from that point, we basically sort of kick into the creative process, and which is really about how can one truly emotionally connect with the recipient? What symbolism can be brought to play? You know, what will really demonstrate to a recipient, you know, the care and thoughtfulness that went into your choice? So you've got to, you're basically picking in these ideas. And so, you know, and once we've developed a theme or an idea, then one, you know, one, then turns one's focus to this budget, which then takes you into what is the best vehicle or material to use. Mm -hmm. So an example, a gift that uh, was very su successful for a client of ours, uh, this time a, a, an American oil company, mm -hmm. was giving a gift to a Asian client uh, in, tai in Taiwan. And it was that it was the 75th anniversary of the company. The, the president was flying over for this auspicious event. He thought he was going to a dinner. It turned out he was going to a big event in an auditorium, along with his, his him representing his company, 
were the people from Qatar and Aramco who are no slouch when it comes to gifts in their own way. So we researched about the company that was giving the gift. We thought about all these different things. And uh, we knew that in Asia, cranes are very important symbols. They symbolize joy, they dance, they, they symbolize commitment. They, they make relationships that are lifelong. So we thought to put cranes into the gift somehow was very important because it, it communicated to the recipient that they were partners and they were partners for the long term. Hmm. So, okay, we got to the idea, but now what was the budget? And then how do you, what's the best way to do this? Because you can't make a pair of gold, solid gold cranes, you right. know, if you've only got around $600 to play with. So we came up with this concept of using a decoupage, big 20 by 16 presentation piece, decoupage on glass. Um, and we had, a, uh, uh, the image was of the sky, their logo in the middle, which was a flame, and a beautiful thing. We put the language in Chinese and English, and you know, congratulations on the 75th. But in the sky, we put cranes flying together. Oh, lovely. So, and so, so I thought that was pretty good myself. However, <laughs> what happened was the, when it came to this man presenting the gift to the chairman, the chairman actually got quite emotional with him. And he said to him, how did you know that this would mean so much to us? And uh, first of all, actually, I didn't. I have someone back in Houston who does this for me. <laughs> and, and this was the first. He said, well, before you leave, I want to have a gift for that person. And then what I heard afterwards is the, you know, the, the lines lit up afterwards with the company saying that they felt they'd really moved the needle in terms of the relationship with that company and that much more was going to be possible in the future. So it, that example, I think, shows how it doesn't have to be about the money. It, it's about the thought. It's about the what you telegraph to the other side or communicate to the other side and how that thoughtfulness all gets into it. So there's quite a lot of, I guess, psychology in it. Right. And, but, but the choice of gift... But the, it, for me, the, the, um, the theme comes first, always the theme. How do we get the right note? And then you back into the material you're going to use to make it. So right. if you have a very modest budget, you use materials that are modest in price. But if you have, if you have more to play with, then of course you can do more things. So, you know, this, you know, we have this idea that the gift really is the vehicle that conveys the idea. And that's an important thing, I think, there, and how you tell a story. I think it's also, Keith, the connection that you're making and why you're doing the gift. Why are you presenting this to someone? Why are you, you know, from your heart and from your mind, you know, as we, as we started the behavioral science pieces of, of gift giving, especially on the large international stage that you've been a part of for so long. I, I really think that connection piece is very important. Yes, uh, I think it's true. And essentially you talk about the international, but um, you know, we, would be, we do lots of gifts domestically. Yes. We do a one-off and we do the many. You know, we do gifts that are sort of very inexpensive, you know, sort of very modest in price and more elaborate, just a very 
quick one on the on the modest. Uh, I had done a uh, I was doing a presentation for uh, at in New York for a protocol group, and they said we'd love to have you here. You set up your little booth with the rest, and, but you we need you have a need you have a gift for everybody that comes to the show, which was several hundred people. And I was thinking, wow, I mean, you know, I was going up to New York. I was, you know, paying for my hotel. I was paying for the travel. Oh my God, now I got to pay for a gift for everybody. And I, I thought, so well, how can I get away with the, the least amount? I came up with this, uh, I had, I, this little business card holder that I could put my business card in and um, that would be my gift. And that cost me a dollar. But it was appropriate because it was something they could use mm -hmm. to put cards of other people that they were visiting in this exhibition, right? And right. presentation thing. So I, I didn't look cheap. I just, I, didn't, I hope I didn't look cheap. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I'd look like I'd worked it out. And this was a good thing for people collecting cards from different booths. And then they could use it for their own business cards or credit cards afterwards, which many did and years later still tell me they're using them. But um, I was very proud of myself because I thought, you know, so you can come to me for as little, you know, a gift for as little as a dollar. Because you've got to work it out and you've got to figure out this who, what, why, when, and where. Well, it's funny that you tell that story, Keith, because when I met you, I still have my your business card, and I do, I use, um, I'm old school here, but I have my business card holder next to me with all the individuals that I've met that have really made an impact to me and our connection. Um, and that was from August of 2019 when we first met. And so, yes, it, it's very, um, even for a dollar, it's still very thoughtful and very practical. And um, it really moves the needle forward because you know where your important things are. Well, for the Protocol School of Washington event, they also said to me, Keith, you can come, you can do this, but we need you to have a gift for everybody. And it was a bit deja vu, but I, but for that, if you remember, uh, for the gala dinner, we actually uh, gave to everybody um, a copy of George Washington's Rules of Civility and Decent Behavior which again was so appropriate for the event. And I think that was around $10. So again, I don't think it's, it, it's, it's never about the price for me. It's always about the theme and what's appropriate. Mm -hmm. exactly. And as we were saying, you know, different, you know, we seem to have different numbers of clients that range from sort of business to the political, to the diplomatic, military has been important in the last year as we've helped uh, protocol in that field education with universities and philanthropy. But I think, again, you know, it's about trying to do this research and listening to the client, you know, to help inform the nuances of the situation. Right, uh, exactly. I think, it's, I think it's key for all of us to listen as we're, we're hearing each person and, and then the wants and needs of others. And then for myself, I guess partly is, you know, as I thought about, well, I'm in the gift business. And then I began to realize I'm really not in the gift business. I'm sort of in the connecting business. Yes. I'm in the trust business. I'm in, or building trust business. And I began to want to sort of more deeply explore 
what really is going on here? Because I mean, after all, gifting is as old as the hills. It goes back thousands, thousands, you know, really from the, the almost initial human contact between people. You know, gifting was considered important. Yes. I wanted to try and figure out what was really going on with this. You know, if you peel back, you know, the onion, yes. it wasn't simply a, or didn't have to be simply, it wasn't necessarily, I should say, just uh, a transfer of objects between two people, but more was going on and more could be understood. And so I really tried to think more and more about this um, because it, it became clear to me that uh, I, could, I needed to be able to articulate for my clients uh, a point of view that helped them with this. And I felt I needed also to understand more the science of what was going on, uh, the behavioral science. And, yes. and that became interesting to me because and at the first, the first book that really rocked my boat was actually a book my 80-year-old father gave me to, which was this very long book. It was called Thinking Fast and Slow by Dr. Daniel Kahneman. Oh, and it was such a slog. I never would have got through if I, you know, it hadn't been, well, if my father can read this, I'm definitely going to get through it. <laughs> and I'm sure we've all had that experience at one point. But it was hugely impactful because it explains how our minds work and how easily we're influenced by the framing of things. So, you know, so what's an example of that? Well, if basically this translates, I think, in gifting, in that the gift you give can steer a conversation in a manner you wish. Because what happens is you give the gift and then the person is likely to say, oh my goodness, that's so interesting. Can, can you tell me about it? And then off you go. Right. But you can tee up what that is, right? Uh, what you do. And a gift we did for Secretary uh, State Pompeo was actually a 17th century painting decoupage on glass of West Point, beautiful, idyllic sort of scene. Mm -hmm. but what was he saying? He was saying basically that I'm a graduate of West Point and I'm gonna, I'm happy to tell you about that. Right. Because why would you give that to me otherwise? So, so it was his way of saying, I might be a diplomat, but I'm also, I've been trained as a military officer. So it's right. very interesting about what, you know, what that does. He's sort of telling him a bit about himself as well. The second book that really sort of uh, terribly influential for me was a book called Influence by Robert Cialdini. And this, he talks about all these different ways in which we are persuaded influence. But one of the things that he talked about, and he's sort of another one in this behavioral science world, but he talked about the power of reciprocity. Basically, you know, if a Girl Scout uh, offers you cookies to buy, it's very difficult to say no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're you set know. up everywhere right now. <laughs> right. So, you know, someone gives you something, it's almost impossible not to say thank you and give them money. Mm -hmm. Right. So what does that mean uh, uh, in the gifting world? Well, I had one client one year at Christmas and he he was saying, oh, my goodness, I'm owed so much money by this group. I don't know how I'm going to get my money. And I said, Morris, I said, look, if you give them a little gift, uh, which happened to be, I think, he was owed tens of thousands of dollars. These two little French, uh, sorry, Venetian glass 
um, champagne flutes with a little note saying a toast to the new year, thank you for everything. I said, it's almost impossible for them not to either write you back and do something nice for you. And he said, okay, I'll try it. Off it went. <laughs> a week later, oh my gosh, <laughs> Keith, thank you so much, we got paid. <laughs> so what do we learn about this? The gift can motivate and incentivize behavior. So you can think about this in the, so this is what's, this is what's so exciting about the gift, is that we think of it as, you know, it's an obligatory thing, but suddenly we realize it can be a very powerful tool to connect, make, uh, build trust, incentivize action. I mean, you know, think about the, I mean, you're in the banking world, Kelly. Yes. Uh, when I started, when I moved to America from England, um, I worked for a premium incentive company that specialized in the, free, the, the, the gifts that banks used to give to encourage people to deposit their funds with them, which was basically toasters and blenders and gold chains and things like that. How amazing that consumers chose which bank to deposit their money based on a toaster or blender. I know. The incentivized, you know, comment it, that you were making, you know, we're going to give you something to do business with us. Yeah. Look, at all, look at all the gifts that were put into cereal boxes that children determined whether their mothers bought them that piece of cereal or that. Yes. Or, or McDonald's or Burger King with their gifts. So, you know, gifting is a very interesting uh, thing here. So the third book that I actually also recommend, you know, sort of, you know, influenced me and I think uh, uh, very useful was um, Dr. Mark Bracken, who's at the Yale School of Emotional uh, Intelligence. Yes. And his book talks about basically how emotion really affects biochemistry. And he talks a lot about children, basically, children are bullied, they kind of shut down, they lose their creativity and ability to produce. Mm -hmm. But it's equally true of all of us. If we are happy, we perform better. And of course, if getting a gift is usually a, a good one, usually makes you happy. Yes, and if it, it makes you happy, I think you're more likely to be productive and to cooperate. And uh, so this is sort of interesting how, you know, Mark Bracken is really more talking about our physical chemistry, our emotional chemistry, and how it impacts us. Uh, the others about how we think. You know, it's more about the thinking process. So those are three, I think, you know, you know very interesting um, uh, ideas. And Keith, yes, you and I had the um, privilege um, to hear Mark speak. And at the beginning of his book tour, uh, it was very uh, moving. And I do believe that the behavioral science piece of not only the gift giving, but but how it makes us feel. And I think that's where you come in and making sure that that message is conveyed, that that story is told properly from both the recipient and, and the giver. So why don't you tell us about some of the more domestic gift giving projects that you've been a part of and, and something that not only as we started off, there was always a budget, but something that perhaps um, was a funny story or that at the end you meant one thing, but they took it as another, but it, it worked out well. I'm not sure I have one quite for that. I, I do have examples where, 
you know, again, I, you know, I, I thought we'd got the story right or what the client had wanted, and then it didn't turn out. I remember being called by the Pentagon to come up with some gift ideas for then Secretary of Defense Rumsfeld, who had said that he had wanted a gift from Taos, that he had wanted something made by Native Americans, and that he had, um, and that they had a budget of $260. I thought, what on earth am I going to do with that? Well, after a lot of research, I, I was really excited. I found this uh, Native American uh, cooperative that were making peace drums down in Taos that I could uh, get for $260. I was so excited. Ran up to the Pentagon and with my idea, and you know, they could put any design onto the drum, you know, an eagle, a bear, or you know, all these other lovely motifs. And, and I thought I'd nailed it. I mean, I'd given them exactly what they had asked me for but nothing came of it. So, you know, you, again, you know, an example of where you think you got it right, but it, it didn't quite work out. In business, there are many, many, many examples where people have said lovely things to us about where we just got it right. There was, um, we, we did some lovely gifts for Georgetown University that was celebrating its um, 100th anniversary of the School of Foreign Service. Uh, and we did these uh, glass book sculptures. They were sort of glass and then gilded. The letters were raised in the glass um, with a lovely quote from the founder of the school. And on the other side was the uh, presentation too. And that went to President Clinton. It went to Madden Albright. It went to Yo-Yo Ma. They were thrilled with that. Another one we did for the university is we recreated the sculpture outside the uh, Healy Hall, which is their main place, it's a sculpture of their founder, John Carroll, on a plinth, on a chair with his books and papers around him. And that was profoundly moving. I think one of the ones that, in another one I'm very proud of is, is a gift we did for Mobile when they were bought for Exxon. And for many of you, you might remember their symbol was the Pegasus. We were the first ones to figure out how to make that. So uh, in a way that the uh, thing didn't collapse because all the weight is carried on the back foot of the, of the horse. And it's sort of in a trajectory up with the wings. And we figured out how to do it in metal and uh, laser. It was early an example of uh, laser cutting on metal and uh, figured out how to do it on stainless steel. We then painted them. It's kind of a funny story because I figured this thing out, went over to see them. And they said, oh, Keith, we love this. And they uh, said, it was about $50, it wasn't that expensive. So just, how many do you do you want? And they, they said they like 200 fair lawyers on the deal and all the rest of it. Oh, great. And I called up Ed, who made it for me with his two assistants and one lathe in Long Island. And I said, Oh, Ed, it's Ed, great. I bought it for, for 200. Oh, fantastic, Keith. And I said, How long will it take you? Well, we'll get working on it right away. You know, a couple of weeks later, I get another call from them. They say, Keith, um, Really like this. I think we're going to give it to all the managers in uh, Fairfax in Virginia. Oh my God, great call up, Ed. Ed, you're not going to believe it. They've decided to do a thousand of these. Wow, get my calculator out 50 times. Oh, this is amazing. Right. Two weeks later, I get another call. Keith, we love this. We're going to give it to everybody in Fairfax. 3,000 pieces. Oh my God, this is amazing. Call up Ed. Whoa, he said to me. I, we're going to have to work overtime for this. I, you know, 
couple of weeks later, I get another call. Keith, we've decided we're giving it to everybody in the United States. Oh my goodness. The call up head, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> so anyway, I've got, I, I, finally, about six weeks ago, I got another call. Keith, the board has decided this is the gift from the chairman to everybody in the country. We landed up doing about 46,000 of those things. Oh my goodness. Not at $50, I might add. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, what, again, what, what I decide, I'm particularly proud of that is that I think everybody who got that, and because it, you know, it was, you know, it was that much less than 50 by the time we did that many, and he had every laser machine in Long Island working on this project. This was uh, 20 years ago. And, um, but to this day, everybody has those in their homes. They look at it and it reminds them of a certain era. So yes, so I think that was an example of less expensive again, um, but something that you look at it in your home and it connects. One of the things that Kahneman talks about in his book is how we have very poor memories and but we tend to be able to remember peaks of experience. When you give a gift, it creates a peak experience and it then anchors that memory to that thing. And that's another very important thing about what I think I do. When we do these gifts, they have the power. They're almost like little Trojan horses in people's homes and offices. Because every time you look at them, even subliminally, it reminds you about that relationship and that experience and that particular time, which is why mementos can be so powerful for all of us. You know, you look in your home and you see something on the shelf that reminds you of maybe a holiday. You can't remember that what you did every day in that holiday. You're lucky if you remember one moment, <laughs> right? After a right. year or two, that yes. you can't, can't put it all together. But looking at that thing, you might remember walking into that shop getting that thing. You might have remembered a, a funny thing, or maybe the drama bringing it back, you know, if it was large. But more or less, that thing works as an anchor, and I think that's part of what we do too, is that yes. we, we put things into people's homes that remind them of relationships and experiences, and, um, and they got that from Kahneman. And again, I felt it was so important to be able to articulate for customers what this is all about, because in, certainly in the business world, um, we, I think, sometimes mix up what is a gift and what is a promotional advertising item. And there's somehow an idea that if we slap our name on something and we give it, it's a gift as opposed to something that advertises who we are. Right, that's a great and, distinction, yes. And uh, we, uh, and that's, uh, I mean, we, we do that for people. We, we will do, you know, I, I mean, we do gifts for ExxonMobil. They come to us for their, sometimes for their gifts at big oil and gas exhibitions. Sometimes it's for an event like a party, but sometimes it's the gift for the, 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 the giveaway on the booth. But what I've tried to do is rather than just slap the name on a pen or slap the name on the usual stuff, try to bring some sort of um, sort of thoughtfulness to it. Um, I guess I was actually, I loved doing for them in Shanghai was that they needed this booth gift, you know, and the budget was, you know, sort of five, six dollars. But we came up with a, a number of gifts they really loved. One was 
we did these leather coasters in a little stand, but we had put the symbols of happiness and joy on each red coaster. So it was, it, it had, it, the, the Chinese audience understood, or the Asian audience, all understood that this was about a happy thing. Uh, another one we did for them that year, that was about five bucks. Another one, we did a journal. You know, instead of doing the typical journal with, again, you know, the name slapped on it, we did a silk red cover with um, a gold dragon th uh, design on it. You know, that gold thread look. Yes. So it was dragons in this nice design on that. And we, we didn't actually emboss ExxonMobil anywhere. But what we did do is we put watermarks with ExxonMobil on every page. Lovely. And so it and told was, a story. It told a story about where it was coming from. Yes. That's right. And then, uh, and that was about $7, $8. And then we did a final gift for them that was a giveaway, which was this sort of huge map in, these, in this treated paper that you could crumple up and it didn't break or tear, mm -hmm. of a map of China with all the planned or existing LNG facilities in China. And this was an LNG show. So this became a gift that they could put up in their walls back home that showed what, and, and China was going from a six to 10% LNG. So it's a massive increase in LNG gas uh, usage in Asia. And this gift basically told you where you could ship the stuff to and what was coming online and who was doing it. So again, very inexpensive, but you know, more than the just, you know, a bobblehead or a this or a that, that it didn't really have any meaning or didn't really tell a story. Right, and I, and I love the comment that you made about the peak experience. I, I wrote that one down. These, the gifts, again, as we started the conversation, it's not just running out to the store now, granted, we do that, but it's something that you really uncover and want to make sure that they continue their peak experience as years go by. What additional words of wisdom do you have as you go down this process? Well, I'm going to share with you something that moved me today. Today in the paper, uh, they reported the passing of George Schultz, who had been Secretary of the Treasury, Secretary of State, had been a great, great American. He had fought in World War II as a Marine. And he wrote on his 100th birthday this. He writes, I learned much over that time, but looking back, I'm struck that there is one lesson I learned early and then relearned over and over. Trust is the coin of the realm. When trust was in the room, that was the family room, the school room, the locker room, the office room, the government or military room, good things happened. When trust was not in the room, good things did not happen. Everything else is details. And one of the things that I truly believe that we bring to the table is an understanding that a great gift conveys the notion of trust because it shows that you can imagine or sort of think beyond your own self-interest and think of the other person. And that telegraphs to that other person that you are someone that can 
think in their shoes and therefore be open to negotiation and it's not a zero-sum game. And this becomes terribly important because if we know we can trust the other side, we're, as George Schultz is saying, we can get things done. You know, in lots of parts of the world, you know, if you have a, a problem, the law is not going to protect you. And therefore, trust trumps price. And so, and this is true whether it's abroad or here. So when you telegraph that you are someone who can be empathetic, think about other people, take the time. Nothing is more flattering, I believe, is that when someone takes time to do a gift for you that you really appreciate. You know, I've talked about, it doesn't, it's really not about the price at all. And I, I just had my own sort of personal experience with this uh, recently that I do want to share with you is that, um, so it was my father-in-law's 90th birthday this December. Yes. And uh, he had a celebrated career in the Marine Corps. Uh, he, he is a fabulous man. I love this guy. He is the sweetest guy, but he must have been very tough as a Marine. He joined up at 17 as an enlisted man. He became commissioned during the Korean War. Uh, most importantly for this story, he was the colonel uh, of a fighting battalion in Quezon in 1968, which was possibly some of the most traumatic, most tough fighting of the war. It was He was surrounded by two divisions of North Vietnamese uh, men. I think the number's around 600 to about 20,000. It's really grim. But he got his men out safely. They adore him. And they get together every year for a reunion. So for his 90th birthday, I thought, what on earth am I going to do? I think I'm going to reach out to the, the men of his, that are part of this reunion organization. I'm going to ask them if they could send my wife and I, you know, birthday cards and emails that we could then put them into a leather album, you know, red leather album for the Marines. And I'm, you know, Colonel, you know, Texas Pete, Bill Duncan, and 90 years young. I mean, it wasn't an expensive thing at all. We got 80 to 90 responses. That's so there I am at the kitchen wonderful. table. You know, you know, printing these out, cutting them out with a little, you know, those, those the scissors that give you that sort of jagged edge thing. So we'd all look pretty in the thing. And yes. so every page would have a couple of quotes and things. And I mean, these quotes were heart-rendering. I mean, one guy writes, Colonel, you know, on April 8th, I was very badly hit. I was being medevaced out on a helicopter. I was shaking uncontrollably. You sat next to me, you took off your jacket, you put it over me, and I calmed down. I can't remember what you said, but I will never forget the moment because we were at first Marines. You were the Colonel, I was a Corporal, but we were Marines first. Oh my God, anyway, and this book is full of this stuff. Yes. And I gave it to him. It's this massive tome at this point, because it's <laughs> filled up. And you know, others had said all these wonderful things about his leadership, his thoughtfulness and all the rest of it. I think that's probably one of the best gifts I ever got. I mean, couldn't have cost me a hundred bucks. He, he keeps it out. He has read it and reread it. And I know why, because it just takes him back. Remember, we talked about peak of experience, connections, people you've affected, you know, how, how amazing. So, you know, I'm trying to bring that sensitivity 
to what we do every day and whether you know for and whether it's that one little gift or if it's sort of many i try and bring, you know we try and bring the same thoughtfulness it's for sensitivity history sort of understanding to these gifts and it's me you know it's such a it's such a lovely day you know, i've got to think you know, each day there's a different thing that uh, we uh, are involved with and you know that it's going to make a difference you know we're quite blessed in a way we are. Um, in that if i do my well job well people are happy you know that's such a nice thing to do <laughs> By the way, you know, some of them are really tough people. Some of these yeah. are people, I mean, just did a gift that I, this is a football thing, but uh, just did a gift for the chairman of a very large sporting group. And, you know, he said to me, Keith, we need a gift. And what he said to me is it, it we, we want it to be the left tackle award. Well, I'm English. So I know football is not my first you know, sport. <laughs> sport. We had to come up with this idea. We, we, we just delivered it to him. Uh, last week, and this is a very tough guy, you know, immensely wealthy. And his staff said, "Oh my gosh, Keith, we've never seen. He hasn't been this happy in so long." And it almost brought a tear to his eye. And this is a very tough guy. So you know, I love the fact that I can even these tough old things that you never think you know you could move, you can move. I mean, we did one. I mean, I could go on forever. Obviously, we did that. <laughs> I'll quickly tell you this one, and I hope I'm not over uh, my hosp your hospitality, but um, we, got a, we did a gift from the chairman of General Motors, Dan Ackerson, and you know, they asked us to you know, come up with this idea. I did the research, and it turns out that he'd been, a, he'd been at the Naval Academy in Annapolis. Um, he'd gone on to a very successful career, but he was at General Motors because they had gone into receivership. The government bailed them out. He was the government person on the board who then made him chairman, and he was now retiring. I went back and uh, was doing all this report, and I saw that above the chapel in uh, Annapolis was this Latin phrase, uh, non sibi sed patriae, which means not for self, but country. Ah, I thought this is it. This is the hook. So we created this award. It was actually gold, round, big gold thing, and... You had all the General Motors thing. But on the top of it, non sibi said, Petra, the board give the gift to him. And once again, he's almost in tears uh, or, or shed a tear. And um, I knew someone who was at that meeting and they had told me this as well. But what was it? He had been on the board as the government. He didn't do it for the money. He did it for his country. And they recognized that in that thing. But at the same time, emotionally, I took him back to his youth. And that's what did it. So that's where I think this is so exciting that even with these very tough people, get so much, have so much, you can still break through with something that's thoughtful. It's kind of it's a lovely thing to know. It is. Keith. I cannot tell you how appreciative I am that you spent time with us today, telling us about your story, telling us about the connections that you make. The, the foundation of gift giving is, is rooted in the story, the peak of, peak of experiences that you talk about, the behavioral science of it. I, I just think that the gift you've given us today in the audience is just to think about not only 
who is giving it, but who's receiving it and the stories and, and why you're connected. So um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your time and really sharing your stories with us and the gifts that you continue to give to everyone. And as we finish, are there any other words of wisdom or anything you'd like to close with? I think that to leave your listeners with just this thought, that this is a beautiful thing. Relax when giving the gifts. So often it's a cause for great concern and angst. And I think if we can just channel that business that that it is a joyful thing, relax. Think about the five questions, you know, because that's six questions. And, you know, I'm quite sure that once you go through those questions for yourself, it, it, beca- it begins to become apparent what, what would really work for that person. And I think, you know, obviously the examples we've talked about today are really that it's the process, who, what, why, when, where, do a bit of research, figure out who they are. They are. And then finally you get there. And it's so rewarding, as I'm sure you have with your own gifts, Kelly, you know when you you really got it right. And again, it wasn't about the money, it was just about all the love you poured into it. Because nothing is more flattering than letting somebody know you really care and thought about it. So lovely. Again, Keith, thank you so much for your time, your energy, and the good that you do for the world as well. Thank you for being a part of our Evolving Smart Storytelling series. For more information about Keith Lippert, please find links in our show notes.